Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. This is episode 173. This is a really awesome and special episode for me. We have a amazing female founder and she's going to be sharing her story of how when COVID hit, how she had to pivot her business, but also like how she experienced pretty explosive growth during COVID, which is a different story than a lot of other people um, have. However, she did have to completely pivot her business. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because, you know, as you know, this entrepreneur life is not, it's not for the unbrave. That's not even a word. But having a business is messy. You have to make decisions. You have to think quick. And you have to be able to pivot when shit hits the fan. And that's what happened to Jamie Taylor, the CEO and founder of Confetti Party Box. And she's going to share her story of, you know, what made her start this business, what she was doing before, and how she literally had to pivot her entire business when COVID hit to create a new revenue stream, which is now her current business, the Confetti Party Box. So it's a super fun episode because I think with having a product business, you often hear about like the bigger businesses. Oh, I'm making eight figures. I'm I'm a multimillionaire, blah, 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 blah. But you don't hear the back end. You don't hear how much money they actually spend on advertising and that their profit is actually pretty much nothing. Like you don't hear all the messy shit. And I am here to bring you the messy shit because that's real life. And that is the real life of having an e-commerce business. And this episode is awesome because we are sharing some of like the struggles of having a business, which I think needs to be talked about more. So Jamie Taylor, founder and CEO of Confetti Party Box, she is an interior design turned business owner. And Jamie began as a designated party planner for all of her family celebrations. And now she is the CEO of a full-fledged business dedicating to helping other people celebrate life's most important moments at work and life. Her virtual party boxes became a viral sensation during COVID. Since launching her business, Jamie and her team have partnered with small solopreneurs and businesses and big name brands, including Facebook and Microsoft to create memorable on-brand experiences and a box. And she had to pinch herself the day that she was featured in the New York Times. Grab a coffee, grab, actually, this since this is a party box episode, I feel like we have to grab a proper drink. So grab a champagne and let's dive into it. 
Welcome to the podcast, Jamie. I'm so excited to finally have you on. I feel like we've been talking about you coming on the podcast for, it feels like a really long time. So I'm really happy that we we're finally doing this. I know, me too. <laughs> it has been a while. Um, and we've talked so much that it's kind of surprising that it's just now happening. So I'm excited to be on. Yeah. And 2023 is a good year. So I think this is a good year to be on the podcast. Um, so before we dive into your story and just like about your amazing business and the cool things that you've done, do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your business, like what you sell? Yeah. So I, my name's Jamie Taylor and I started Confetti Party Box, um, back in 2016 and um it's been a crazy ride ever since um you know my background was in interior design and marketing and um i had just always had this i guess like passion to want to start my own business and i worked at a, a local chamber of commerce and that was really what it was was like being around other entrepreneurs and seeing like how they started their business and it really just kind of lit my fire to want to do that for myself. Um, it definitely like took a few years to muster up the courage to finally decide to do it. Um, but then in 2016, just kind of got the opportunity, figured it out and started, um, confetti party box. And we put together, um, is this the part where you can cut this stuff out? (laughs) I'm like, how into this do we get? How far back do we go? (laughs) You're good. <laughs> so as I'm sure we'll talk about today, we'll talk about like pivoting. And I think that's one of the things that you and I've like talked about is like, I feel like I'm the master of pivoter. So, you know, when we started out, we were doing more like Instagrammable party boxes. And so think like plates, cups, napkins, everything you would need for like a really cute party at your house. And that did decent, but what really took off for us was our balloon installations. Mm-hmm. And we just really rode that wave. I think it was partially luck and right timing. Like it was kind of before anybody was really doing that, like where we are. And it's kind of more of those organic balloon installations that we're now all familiar with. But at that time, nobody else was really doing that. So mm-hmm. I just happened to like hit it at the right time. It was really the first person in our area to even start doing that. And that just like took off. And I just kind of like have ridden that wave for as long as I could. And it's been a ton of fun. Uh, But my heart always kind of lied with wanting the whole point was to start an e-commerce business. And so we've continued to do the party boxes. Well, come 2019, 2020... We'll all remember the big day and big thing that happened that year. Um, But that, you know, events came to a stop and we really had to kind of like reevaluate our business. And so we shifted during that time to celebratory party boxes and gift boxes. And then that just went crazy um, with everybody working from home because of COVID And so we've been fine tuning like our processes. So now the confetti party box that you see um, offers um, pre-curated gift boxes and party boxes that we ship across the United States. Nice. That was a very nice introduction. So thank you. I feel like I want to like unpack so much of what you said because I love (laughs) too that you talked about just like being able to pivot your business and also that. And I think the balloon thing I I didn't actually know that you were like one of the first people to to do that and. For anyone listening, I use Jamie's balloons in one of my brand photo shoots. So Jamie is also a Seattle, well, Seattle area-ish 
brand and my brand photographer lives in a place called Tacoma, Washington, which is like a little bit south of Seattle. And um, I think it was like my second or third, my third brand photo shoot I did with her. Um, We did a like really fun. I had seen a picture. I don't know whose picture it was. It was some lady who's like an influencer. Maybe you know who it is. Someone who's an influencer in Seattle and like, I think she has a book or something and she had this like beautiful um, photo of her with your balloons in the background. And I want to say she was like holding a wine glass or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, I messaged the photographer and I was like, I need this, whatever this is, I want it. She was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. So, so if you see any of my pictures with balloons in the background, um, those are Jamie's beautiful work, uh, which is kind of funny. And then I think that was before I started working with you. I don't remember when we started working together. I feel like it's been a while, but, um, but yeah, that was like how we met was that photo shoot and then started following you. And then it just like one thing led to another. And I think it was when I found out, I was like, Oh, this girl's had a, um, a box business and an e-commerce company. And that was what like Mm -hmm. really led me to you. Cause I think it's, it just in the area that I'm at, I'm one of the only people that one has really an e-commerce company, but then also has a, you know, a gift box company. And um, so it was like, oh my gosh, I need to like pick this girl's brain and give me like all the knowledge that you have, which is what really kind of like led me to you. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, yeah. I love that. And honestly, that photo shoot was so fun. And I think the like, I still have pictures that I love of like my son with the balloon, like he, there's like pictures of him with like a balloon on his head and they're just like, it's so cute. I love it. Um, so yeah, let's dive into it. So talk through, so you have the balloon company, you have the, um, confetti box, like party boxes. Let's kind of like move back to the beginning again. So your background you said was in interior design and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, what? So I know that COVID, you said, played a part in this, but like what, talk about the balloons, like what on earth made you start? Because I feel like no one is like, I want to build a balloon um, installation business. Not that it's not amazing because it is. And honestly, balloon installations, what they do to photos and events and parties is like, it is unreal. It creates an experience and it creates a really beautiful backdrop for photos. So it's in like a branding opportunity. So balloon installations are amazing. But like what got, how did you get into that? I feel like we need to hear the the story of this. It'll be a good one. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm going to say the same. I don't, I don't think that I ever set out to be like, I'm going to be a balloon artist. Like that wasn't, um, I wanted, so my background is in interior design and I love event design. And so that was really the area that we were going into was more event design. And I started out with a partner and she was going to do a little bit more of the event planning side. And so we started to do that. Well, I did a balloon garland for my niece's graduation party. So we planned that. I did a balloon garland for her graduation party and posted it. And then like almost immediately, somebody was like, hey, how much would you charge to come do that? And I was like, Hmm. I have no idea. (laughs) But let me figure it out. So um, that was my first paid um, balloon installation. And it was really tough because my the, I think the biggest learning curve, as many people know, like the, and especially when you get in with like products, sometimes it's not the cost of the product. You undervalue your time and your design. Mm-hmm. And so my first 
paid job was very underpaid because you're really like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't cost that much to get the balloons, but I wasn't valuing my time and my design. But it was that was really kind of how it went. And then from there, it just literally took off. It was like every time I did a balloon install and posted it, people started asking me to do that. And I got involved in some photo shoots. And then and a, a lot in the beginning, I didn't turn anything down. So it was like I did as many collabs as I possibly could do. And mm-hmm. every event that I went to got me more events. And then it just kind of grew from there. And so it's funny because, yes, I never set out to do a balloon installation. But I think what drew me to the balloons was... um I mean, there was a few people. I feel like what I wanted to set myself apart was um, there's some really amazing balloon artists out there, Geronimo Balloons, who doesn't do that anymore. I think she's just Geronimo. Uh, But she was one of the like pioneers of this type of like scale and balloon installations. And that was who I really got inspiration from was Mm -hmm. a large scale balloon installation. So we started doing a lot of corporate installations um, and events. And for me, I could get really creative when you can get something on like a massive scale because now you're talking design. And that is, that's like what fuels me is being able to design anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was like really the, the what pulled me to doing that. So yeah, I mean, honestly, it's kind of crazy because I literally like, I have no idea. And I used to listen to podcasts when I was starting my business. This is what was really funny. I would listen to podcasts. People were like, I don't know. It just like happened. And I was like, what do you mean it just happened? Like, I don't even understand how what that means. And then yeah. when the whole balloon thing happened, I'm like, oh, that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah. That's so you know? awesome. I mean, that's so cool though. Cause so many people that start businesses, like they don't, it doesn't, it's not so easy. They have to like. And not saying that it's not been easy for you because it's hard for any business owner to like have a business. But I do think so many people that start a business, it's like they have to figure out, oh, how do I get a customer? How do I do a website? Like, how do I promote myself? How do I get visibility? And your your product and service like basically just sold itself. All you had to do is post. And then other people, when you have a product, and this is like, so I'm going to go on a tangent here. So I'm going to stop myself. But like, I talk about this in my business book I'm writing is like the whole when you create a customer experience for people that is so beautiful that they have to literally whip out their phone and take a video and post it on Instagram like that right there is your gold. And that's where so many brands don't utilize the power of like visual, beautiful visual branding and like experience. And I think that's clearly what you did right from day one, because I also think like you could have also made balloon installations that looked like like looked ugly or tacky. Like think of like traditional like balloons from mm-hmm. I don't know the eighties, like y- bright y- like mustard yellow and like McDonald's red and bright blue. But now it's like oh we're gonna have rose gold balloons and beiges and like you're gonna have cool colors that work together. And like yeah. you obviously did that really well because you're you have a background in marketing interior design. You have a good eye for detail and. And all that. So I feel like, you know, even though it was maybe easier, like you still, you still did it in the right way that a lot of people wouldn't have done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I do think that that is what helped with the balloons was my Mm -hmm. design background and just colors and what to put together and helping people. Cause we would get approached with those types of color combinations. And I would have to be like, no, like that's not going to look the best, but here's what we could do. And usually it's like adding like a blending color. Like how can we blend these together? But I, we have had a few 
And um, it's kind of coaching people like, okay, you came to me because you liked what we did here. Like, let me help make sure that like what we do for you, like goes yeah. standard. And one of the biggest things, I think one of my, I guess the values in anything that I do, but one of my balloon installations was like, no matter the size of the installation, I always wanted to leave it feeling like good about how it looks. Um, and and even if I need to do a little bit more just to make it look even better, like that was one of my goals was because I never wanted to leave an installation feeling like I didn't like that or I didn't love that and I should have done this. And so I feel like that also was something that for me, like set me apart because I just wanted to make sure that I loved it just as much as the client loved it. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, And I think someone who is really creative and like cares about the experience and how things, because obviously like I know your box business really well and I, you know, I know how you curate things and your beautiful packet. Like, so I, you know, you definitely are on point with all that. So yeah, that totally makes sense. Okay. So you started the balloon business, almost like accidental entrepreneur, sort of, but like not really. I think you seem like you, if you were already listening to podcasts about starting businesses, like if it was probably in your head, it was just like, how do I kind of get started? Or like, what's the right idea or something? What, so what happened next? So it's COVID, you're doing balloons or you're not doing balloons now. Like walk us through that time period, that lovely time period. (laughs) (laughs) So it's COVID and we're still doing boxes, but on, but most of what we were doing was balloon installations. And we were actually talking about cutting the boxes come June of 2020 because so much of our time was spent doing balloon installations. And it was, you know, we were like, where do we focus our time? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the conversation. And then March of 2020 came and everything came to a screeching halt. And that was when myself and like my team, we got together and we're like, okay, well, there's no events, there's no installations, but we do have this online store. How do we pivot and what can we offer to kind of keep things going? And so we had come up with a few ideas, but one of the things we always had on our website with our um, box company was um, the custom box option. And we got an email from this lady whose uh, coworker was having a baby and they no longer could get together to do the baby shower together. And so she was like, Hey, could you guys put together a party box that you can send to all of my coworkers so we can all get on virtual and celebrate? So we were like, of course. So we ended up putting a box together, send it out to her. And that was when virtual party boxes were kind of born. And we added that to our website. And I think I've told you and I've talked about this before, but I was like, I finally, I found and saw the power of SEO. We were the only company doing virtual party boxes. So we were number one on Google and it was like the floodgates opened. We had so many emails and requests coming in from individuals and businesses trying to figure out a way to continue their like galas and fundraisers and um or just getting together with their coworkers and um or just celebrating a birthday. And so we started doing party boxes from that and during that time we were doing graduation boxes so June rolls around we started doing uh graduation boxes and that caught the eye of the New York Times and we got featured in that um in June so that was honestly it was a godsend because 
I mean, here it is so many businesses, like we were blessed. I feel like during COVID, um, to have all of these things happen because that is really what kept us alive during that time. So as time has kind of come on and as the market has changed, we started changing. We do, we do virtual party boxes and we still do for a lot of companies. We just sent one out for Spotify. They were doing a launch party for, um, oh my God. Their- wow. It was really cool. So they emailed us and they wanted to do um, party boxes for the launch of a product that they did and just wanted to send it to their employees for like a job well done. Yeah. And so amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. So we did that. And then, but now we've kind of switched a little bit more towards um, gift boxes with like a celebratory flair. So we do gift boxes and party boxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so still trying to find like our footing and what that is. Um, but we've just been listening to the market and just trying to go with what it is that people want, which I feel like is one of the hardest things to do is listen to what they want and mm-hmm. be okay with being able to shift and pivot. But now we're really ready to be like, okay, this is what we offer and this is the direction that we're going in. So that has been kind of the goal for this year moving forward is really kind of honing in like, who, what is our brand? Who's our brand? And then just increasing our marketing and outreach efforts. Right. Um, yeah. And it really is hard to like, when you are, when you're doing things, especially if like things are flowing, cause it seems like things are flowing for you, like quite organically, especially yeah. in the beginning, like with the balloons, you're just kind of, you, be, because your product and service was great. You're just able to get like referrals and things like that. And then you started doing the gift boxes and, um, because of COVID, like people were at home. And so companies needed those like virtual party boxes and the New York Times article. I mean, I feel like we just, you just glossed over that, but I mean, that in itself is fucking amazing. And like, I'm sure people listening are like, wait, what, how did you get featured in New York Times? And like, did that do anything for your business? Do you feel like you got a lot of traffic? Do you feel like it still helps your, cause I know from an SEO perspective, I'm like, oh my God, you're, you have a backlink from New York Times that is like SEO in Google gold, because if you, if your brand is featured on websites that, that get a lot of traffic and a lot of traction and your website is on there, it's like, you're telling, it's like telling Google, like, oh my gosh, send confetti party box to everyone, because this is like an authority business. So this is a really, for anyone listening, like this is a really big deal for your search engine um, presence, just FYI. So getting featured in New York times is like, kind of a big deal from a search engine perspective, also like a credibility perspective. And yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. Um, yes, I definitely think because a lot of our business that was coming in was coming from the East Coast. And so as you stated earlier, like we're out of Seattle, Washington, so we're on the West Coast. And so I think it definitely helped push a ton of um, traffic to our website. Mm-hmm. And And honestly, that you and I, I don't know, maybe we can like dive into that in a like a little bit, but that a lot of the stuff that I, that has happened for me has been very organic and I didn't really work to get the New York times, which I'm sure people are like, how did, (laughs) how did you, and again, it was just like right timing. I was offering like a feature or a product that hit the, the market when it was needed. And so, um, relatable and relevant, like relevancy is I just want to interrupt for a sec because like relevancy is everything when it comes to PR and media. Like if you have something that's super relevant for right now, 
that is your gold. And like, you know, we don't want to discredit the fact that like you've built this awesome business and the New York Times wanted to feature you, but it's also like your stuff was relevant and that's how those things happen. It's like relevant, you know, people that are relatable relevancy. So, okay, keep going. I just wanted to say that because that's like such an important thing. Yeah. And so I think now um, in the last six months to a year, which we've talked about is um, really honing in on our marketing. And instead of just like, oh, this is great that all this stuff comes to me, but that's not going to be how it is forever. Like we really had to, in this last six months, really hone in on what is our marketing plan? How do we get more features in the New York Times? And what is the best marketing approach for our business? So going back to talking about the balloons, to me, the balloons in the boxes are very different in how you market them. And honestly, to me, the balloons were easy because I could go to a balloon installation and easily get one from somebody that was there or right, or somebody takes a photo of it. So it was like, you got it in both ways where the boxes are just very different in how you market them. And so it's been it's been hard to figure out like what is the best approach um, and how do you do that? But I, looking back at the New York Times, I'm like, okay, we need to get more of those. How do we get more features? How do we get into gift guides? Um, so that's been the last, you know, six, seven months was really honing in on what is the area and the direction that we're going to go with marketing and getting more people to know about it. Because I feel like To me, what makes us different, and you and we've talked about this, and I keep saying that throughout this whole thing, like we've talked about this before, but when I was building the party box business and this gift box company, what I really wanted was it to, and you'll see it on our website, if you go there, it says, put the yay in their day. Like the idea is to like uplift and make somebody feel good. I feel there's a ton of really great gift box companies out there that I love and admire. What I really wanted was ours to be happy and bright and uplifting um, and a little bit more celebratory, whether you are celebrating something exciting or maybe you're having a hard time and somebody's just trying to put a smile on your face. That is where I feel like we are a little bit different than everybody else. And um, it's trying to kind of like get that message about that out there and how we're differentiating ourselves from everybody else. Yeah. And I think with gift box companies too, like I know I've ordered from just like a variety of people over the years. And I think some are like really good. Some are not like so great, but I do think with a gift box company, like always really trying to, you have to like figure out who is my ideal customer because there's so many different occasions where people buy gifts. Like, is it a gift for like a corporate, like a Spotify Is it someone like who hosts um, business coaching and masterminds and they need to buy 20 gift boxes? Is it someone who's hosting an in-person retreat and they want gift boxes? Or is it just like, hey, I need a friend. I need a really cool gift for like my best friend's birthday, you know? So I feel like all those situations are like a totally different person, totally different person like typing shit into Google because as you know, like we just talked about you have to know what your people are searching for and you have to optimize your website. So I know the SEO is like a whole nother um, podcast episode here, but those things are really important to know for people who are listening is like, you have to know your, your people, you have to know who's buying from you and you have to understand what makes you different than competitors. Um, So yeah. And I'm trying to think of like the different gift box companies I've ordered from and there are, there are a lot. I mean, and a lot of them look similar. Like I think 
people mm-hmm. jump on the bandwagon of like, like, oh, I'm going to make, I'm going to copy Box Fox and everything is going to look exactly like Box Fox. And um, I don't know. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> I know. I've been trying to not, I love Box Fox. I think what they do is amazing. Like their marketing and branding is like so simple and, but they do it so well. It's very refined and yeah. it is hard to not want to like look at that and say, and, and, and try to mimic. And so it's funny, like lately I've been like, I'm not even looking at what other people are doing because mm-hmm. the moment you continue to do that, because what's crazy is when I started this business, I didn't know of any, I didn't know of Boxbox. I didn't know of any of these other gift box companies that are out there. And now I can like rattle off like 20 other ones. And mm-hmm. so it's funny because I'm like, okay, think back of when you didn't know of these companies. Like there's so many people that don't know that this type of a service exists or is even an option. And so um, I, to me, I know they always say like, know what your competitor's doing. And I think it's maybe great to somewhat have a pulse on it to some degree, but lately I've been like, nope, I want to just like stay in my own lane and not worry about what other people are doing because I feel like you can get into that comparison game real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you go, like, I think Box Fox has been in business since like 2014 or even earlier. And there's just so many comparisons that you can do and right. Like how they got started or how another business got started compared to you and funding and all of those kinds of things. Like I finally have decided like I'm done. I'm, I'm not comparing to what other people are doing anymore. So. Yeah. And that's good too. I think it's, it's, I totally agree with you. I, I do the same thing with like, I, I know that I'm not referring to like a product business, but in my business, when I'm thinking of like offers to do or like programs, I have to like really actively not be looking at competitors because I think it's easy to un what's the word like unbiased no unconsciously like unconsciously sort of like copy someone and I really tr- I really 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 try to stay in my own lane. I don't listen to any other product um, podcasts. I don't, I try to not, I I think I follow like one or two like other product coaches, but only because they've either been on my podcast or like I have a good relationship with them, but we like do different things. Um, But yeah, it's really easy to like look at what someone's doing and like kind of copy them, but like you not even like on purpose. It's just like, oh, they're doing this thing. So I need the same images too. Or like, but I think your stuff is different though. Cause you, and I think too, like with your, um, like the party angle, everything is super bright, colorful, like the products that you choose in the boxes, you are clearly catering to like a specific type of person. So, and I don't, I can't think of anyone else who does like, who does what you do. So. Yeah. And that was, it's funny. Cause as we shifted more towards gift boxes, which is a more saturated market, I haven't wanted to lose the virtual party box side or the party box side because I I feel like with COVID, like everything has changed. There are more virtual companies. um, People are working more virtually. So I think there's, there's always, there's going to be an even bigger need to like, how do we connect people now that we're not all necessarily working together in person? And so, and whether you're just doing like constant online trainings, um, or you're just always like, how do you bring your employees or your clients together now that a lot of people are, can expand and work in a more digital world, but they don't need to be directly in front of them or in their own same community. And so to me, I'm like, that is where I feel like the party boxes come in is it still allows businesses to send them something for, um, like I said, like a product launch or 
Microsoft bought boxes for the end of the fiscal year. Um, they must have been in like finance and it must have been like, like they were like, here, you guys need something um, to yeah. celebrate the, end of the fiscal year. So it's just kind of cool. I think that's one of the things that I love the most is seeing why people purchase gift boxes. Because um, it's even for reasons that I don't even know that I would know about or think about. Um, and it's definitely generated more ideas for us um, in, in terms of like who is our target audience. And so reading the messages, I think, is actually one of my favorite parts of Aww. getting the boxes. And so we've actually started on our Instagram posting some of the messages we get on the cards because mm. they're just so like, I just love reading them. Like one was somebody was celebrating um, a one year sobriety. And so that was cool. Somebody was sending them a box for that. So it's just kind of cool oh to really God. see. Oh, my God. It's so cute. Right. And another, like, a dad sent his daughter a box for her first day at student teaching um, just to say congratulations. And I hope you have a good first day. And so those are the things that, like, I love reading. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. You're making me tear up. Oh, I'm such a crier now. Ever since I became a parent, I feel like I've told you this before. Everything makes me cry <laughs> Um, even if it's like not sad, it still like makes me tear up. So talk about like, okay, so you, you've been diving into the boxes and just sort of like trying to figure out like your own niche and things like that. Like, what do you feel like some of the biggest hurdles have kind of been in the last couple of years? So whether, um, I don't know, just like the shit part of business, like, what do you feel like? I'm just curious, like what you think the the hardest, because I know, um, and we talked about this yesterday, but like when people have businesses and especially on podcasts and things like that, like people aren't always very like transparent about things. And it's always like, oh, my business, I grew my business to millions of dollars in my sleep. And I, you know, like that kind of bullshit, yeah. like the bro marketers on YouTube with like their rented Ferraris on Instagram, like posing in front of like a Ferrari, like what's up? I can help you make eight figures in your sleep with one email sequence. Just buy my book or buy this or whatever. So I'm very like, I make fun of these people all the time. I'm very transparent about my business, the, the struggles I've been through, the shit that I went through with my first business. And that's what, what drives me a lot of my motivation to do what I do today is because I don't want people to have to feel like they have to go through that bullshit alone. There are mentors like me. There are like, even if it's on a mentor and a coaching program, like you can join a membership, you can join whatever, a free Facebook group, but like no need to do this alone. Um, but anyway, I feel like I'm rambling here. What do you feel like some of the like crappy stuff that you've kind of had to go through with your business that like people often don't talk about or like whatever you're willing to share? Yeah. So I mean, great question. I do. I think there's so much of that stuff that's out there right now that makes it like, oh, it's so easy to make money and do this mm -hmm. and do that. And then you feel like a failure if you're not like, right, if you're not an overnight success, because a lot of the time, totally, totally. most of the stories we hear are like, oh, I went like I went viral or, you know, it just like happened overnight or, or yeah. whatever it might be. Um, I think the biggest hurdles have been for me and I'm just going to speak even of lately. So talking about how like we started with balloons and then we evolved into these gift boxes 
I feel like we've had a little bit of an identity crisis lately. So it's really been trying to really clarify like who is our business and what are we doing? Because I feel without that clarity, it's really tough to move forward in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. So to me, that would be one um, hurdle. Um, I think the other is like just coming from like entrepreneur to another entrepreneur is um you you feel alone it's like you're not alone but you feel alone in all of the things i think that is probably the hardest part is you feel like you are wearing a million hats and you have to do the marketing and you're on social media and you need to send out emails and you need to do photo shoots and you got to pack boxes and you got to so like all of these things um, you have to pay taxes and you have to do bookkeeping. Like there's all these things. And, you know, we delegate out for some of those. Um, but I, I think that is probably the hard part is really focusing on what are the biggest, what are the biggest things that will really move the needle? That's what I've been trying to focus on lately. What are the biggest things that I can do impact wise that will really move the needle? Um, posting on social media daily, like to me is, is not it. It's not, that's not a marketing plan. Um, so really trying to like figure out what that is and who is our target demographic. So a lot of my biggest hurdles I think have been in the marketing aspect of things. So who is our target demographic? How do I get in front of them? Um, I think that with an e-commerce company specifically for myself, I've really focused on like digital marketing and wanting to do that. But I actually have really realized that I have missed traditional forms of marketing um, and just getting out actually in front of my target demographic. And how do you do that? And so that's actually one of the things that we've really been looking at is, okay, we have digital marketing going, but I am a people person. And I've realized that I want to be out and in front of people. And so how do I add that back into my life? Because that's what like fuels me. So I think that, and that is one of the hardest things you're like, I feel like I should be doing this, but you have to really realize like, what are the, how do you want to run your business instead of letting your business run you? And that's what I've really been trying to like figure out like, where is that sweet balance? Um, Like you have all this freedom and flexibility, but making sure that you're staying consistent. So let me go back. Here's one thing that I think is was my biggest struggle or something that I didn't really pay enough attention to, which was having like, we were marketing and we were doing things, but we didn't really have a good plan, but I was not consistent. So I have been consistent. One of my biggest goals is just to really like 10X our email list this year. Mm-hmm. And how am I going that. to do that? And so that has that is my main focus for this year is how do we get more emails in our email list and then um staying consistent with sending our emails. So we were never really super consistent with our emails. And we have been for the last six months. And I have seen um an increase in orders just by doing that. Mm-hmm. So so that's been great. It's just adding more consistency, which is funny because I'm like any podcast, any business coach or any anybody is like everyone's like, mm-hmm. right, be consistent. And I'm like the queen of like wanting to do a million different things or not want, I hate routine. I've always said, I'm like, I'm really, I'm consistent at being inconsistent. That's the thing that I'm really good at. Um, because I like to have my day be different. Yeah. So I, I, that's probably if I were out of all that rambling, staying consistent, (laughs) scheduling out your day 
has been the biggest hurdle um, because I feel mm-hmm. like you can, right. Cause you like things come up and you feel like you have to answer those things right away. Yeah. So I've really been scheduling out like every day has a theme, you know, so the Tuesdays are my marketing days and I get my emails and social media and whatever else I need done on Tuesdays. I don't schedule any meetings. Um, and then Wednesdays I do networking groups and meetings and that gets me out in, in public and seeing people. Um, and that's really more for myself. And so I've really kind of highlighted each day and what I want to accomplish that day. And it has made it has honestly made a world of a difference because now I feel productive. I'm actually getting things done and off my list and and I feel like it's moving the needle. So hmm. I love that. That's such a good thing too. And I also think as you were talking about like a hurdle with just scheduling your day, having, having flexibility sometimes isn't, it's not always easy for people mm-hmm. because we're used to the traditional like nine to five where you show up in an office And you kind of have to just sit there all day, like whether you have work to do or not, like you're kind of glued to a desk for eight hours a day, which, oh my gosh, I feel like it's so archaic now that, now that I've had my own thing for, you know, seven years, I feel like I could never, I would have a hard time going back to like sitting at being chained to a desk all day. I feel like I would, I I don't know, but, um, but when you give someone like here, here's a lot of free time, you figure out what to do. It's actually really because with a traditional job, like people often give you, oh, well, here's your job description yes. here. Here are your tasks. You you meet with your manager who's going to be like, you know, Jamie, you didn't do this fucking thing. So go do that. Like people tell you what to do. People give you the guidelines when it's your business. There is no roadmap. There is no plan. There is no nothing. It's just you figuring your shit out. And just because something works for Susan's company does not mean it's going to work for your company. Everyone's business is different and everyone's needle movers are totally different. And I wanted to just say that because it's easy to be like, oh, well, Jamie, like, why wouldn't you just know what to do every day? Most people don't know what the hell to do every day because you have a lot of time and you waste a lot of time and you don't batch things, not you just in general. And it's not easy. So the time management and structure of your day is such a thing that like, Everyone I know struggles with that, including myself. I've had to really actively work very hard last year to build boundaries, to structure my time. Um, it's not easy at all. Like it's the opposite of easy. <laughs> yeah, especially if you have a kid. I think that's what I've struggled with. So I have a son. Oh, yes. And, and I that just adds a whole nother element. I mean, part of why I wanted to do this was to have the freedom and flexibility to go to his like sporting events and pick him up from school. But then it became a point where it was like, that was why I, I created the scheduling like I did in my themes of my day, because I, this last year, I was not feeling productive. I was like, I would end the day going, what did I even get done today? Because I felt like I was running him around and he plays hockey. And so I was like, okay, I got to get a handle on this and figure out like a better way. Like those times and those things are the way they are, but I can get better at scheduling out my time. So like the day before I'm scheduling out my day and I'm doing time blocks. And, and then the other thing is just like not getting too hard on myself. If I'm not like perfect, um, like, Oh, that ran, that time ran over. Um, but at least has like kept me on track and I feel productive. And so that was Yes. Um, and it's funny because as you said that, like I went from a nine to five into this and I was just having this conversation with my husband because 
I was like, man, I felt like my time was more structured when I first started this business. And the longer I go not being in a structured environment, I have felt that get looser and looser. And so that was when this last six months, it was like, okay, we need to like hone this back in again and um, add a little bit more structure and then stay consistent with what you're doing. Um, And I've seen huge improvements in just like the few months that I've made those small changes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you, you know, this is all like everyone's trying to figure out their own way. And like, and also, I also think too, um, just because like, again, I might tell you, oh, Jamie, you should structure your day like this. That doesn't mean that's going to work for you. I think it's really important like that you listen to things like your energy levels. When are you most mentally energetic? Like you have to know your body, your mind, and when you like to do things. So like if you're really energetic in the morning, then don't start your day off checking your email. Like you should be doing creative things, marketing versus like, you know, if you're a night person, well, okay, morning is great to check your email and things like that. So I think it's like, there's so much that goes into planning a schedule or planning your day where you're like productive. So I also feel like, yeah, like don't, people need to not be too hard on themselves because it is a like, it's a work in progress and it's easy for someone else to be like, oh, you should structure your day like this. But like in the end, it has to work for you, you know, in your business. So yeah, I think that's the hardest part is like finding out like what does work for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and just be like flexible to, like I said, listening to yourself and trial and error and being patient and all of those things are kind of tough and giving yourself a little bit of like lenience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is amazing, Jamie. Thank you so much for like sharing your story and just sharing um, so many cool things about your business and your business journey. And I know um, there's a lot of people that are listening that are like, I want to do a box company or like, oh my God, like I want to do balloons. And I think, you know, there's so many cool businesses, but yeah, thank you for sharing like all your story and just some of the things that you've been struggling with. I know that's not always like the fun stuff to talk about, but it is like the real stuff. And I definitely love, you know, I appreciate like people that are just like upfront and like, no, my business hasn't been fucking all roses and sunshine, you know? Um, So yeah. Yeah. So let people know like where they can find you, where they can follow you and then where they can buy your amazing boxes. Yes. So you can um, find us at confettipartybox.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at confettipartybox as well. We're also doing a 15% off code uh, for all of your listeners. um, And that is six figure pod. And that'll be linked below for giving a discount to the listeners. That's awesome. Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Jamie. Um, So nice to see you. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Love Jamie. Love her story. Her business is amazing. Her boxes are adorable. She's the best. So I hope you love this episode. I hope you loved hearing some of that raw, nitty gritty, messy business stuff, because that is having a business. It is not all sunshine and roses. And anyone who tells you it is, they are a big fat liar. So I hope you love this episode. If you can take a minute and leave a review on Apple iTunes, it would mean the world to me. It helps the podcast get out into the world more so more people can discover it and listen to it and help me make more impact. And also, it just makes me really happy when I read these positive reviews on the podcast because I do pour 
really my heart and soul and a lot of time into this. And it makes me happy when I can see that other people are enjoying it. So if that's you, please take a minute and drop a review five stars for good karma. All right, my friends, I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.